The Bible says in Psalm chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. From about 2007 until 2013, I was a pastor at Northside Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. And God uh, touched the individual's heart to begin recording the sermons that the Lord would give me every week. Now, I was a young man growing in my faith and my knowledge of God and learning really how to communicate God's word. But I have some recordings that over the next couple of weeks I'm going to release and allow you to just be encouraged and blessed. Some of it's a little bit more excited and yelling. I've learned uh, learned over the years to, hey, lower it down a little bit. You don't have to yell at every word. I've also learned that there's okay to... To be, to, to, to be shorter in your messages. So these messages, some of them are long and lengthy. But again, it's just me learning and growing. And, and God, would I know for a fact these messages are from the Lord. They're words from God. But the communication, the Lord has helped me over the years to develop a, a easier communication style. But I know for a fact you will be blessed. This first one's from 2007, and it's called Knowing Him. This is Sean and the Word. First John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. First John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. Do you know? Uh, if you got it, say amen. If you want it, say amen. All right, let's go. By this we know, somebody say no, that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, verse four, the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected by this. We know somebody say no, that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Do you know? Lord, we praise you. God, we need you. Lord, we're desperate for you. God, our hearts and our lives, Lord, is, is reckless without you. Lord, it's abandoned, Lord, and left to desolate and left to condemnation. But, oh God, you've come. Oh Lord, you've made a way for salvation, Lord. You made a way for life. God, you made a way for deliverance and healing. Oh God, you've made a way that we may know. Lord, know for certain that we're in you, God, and know for certain that we know you. Lord, I pray that today, Lord, you'd speak. Lord, that you would move our hearts, God, that you would steady our minds, and Lord, you would change our lives, that we may imitate you. God, that we may chase after the way that you walked and the way that you lived on this earth. Father, speak. Spirit, move. Jesus, reveal. Speak to your children, O oh God. Speak to your people, O oh Lord. Speak. Move in this house. You ever had a chance to witness to somebody, you almost get kind of confused with the words they use and the words you use. He said, no, listen, listen, listen. You have to know God. <laughs> and they go, I know God. No, 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 listen. You have to believe in God. It's like, I believe in God. No, 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 listen, listen. You have, to, you have to have faith in God. I have faith in God. And you use these words and you talk to people and it's like, 
you know, I know, I know. But you see the way they live and you see the way they act and you see the way that they talk and the way they do things. And you're like, there's no possible way they know. There's no possible way they know. I was talking to this guy one time. It's funny. <laughs> he, his, his, his wife plays the piano at the church and his wife is like a big, big time uh, uh woman at the church, and I'm not saying you have to go to church to be saved or nothing like that, but if you're, if you're going to be married to the, to the person, you're going to have to love the body, amen? If you're going to be married to the person, you're going to have to love the body, amen? You can't just say, oh, I love you, but I can't stand your body. <laughs> Some of that stuff will never fly. You'll never get married. So if you've accepted Christ into your life, you're married to him, and the church is the body. So if you love Christ and you're married to Christ, you love the body, Amen? Sure, some of us are out of shape. Sure, some of the churches are ugly, but doggone, you love it because it's crisis. So I, I, I was, went to this guy's house. I just, just wanted to talk to him about Christ. And his dad's, in a, his dad's a pastor. His brother's a pastor. And I went and I sat right down next to him. And I said, man, I, I want to know today before I leave here that you know for sure that if you was to die, you would go to heaven. And he, his eyes got real big, and he sat back, had a big old chaw in his mouth, a country fella, spit on him around. And he goes, okay, tell me. <laughs> I said, I want you to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven. I said, Jesus Christ died for your sins. I said, all we had to do is believe in him and accept him and commit our lives to him, and we'll know that we're going to heaven. Spit again. He says, I believe Jesus died. I asked him to save me. I'm going to heaven. All the while he drinks. He runs around on his wife. He doesn't want anything to do with the Lord and his people. Doesn't want anything to do with, with God and what he has for his life. But yet there in his own warped mind, in his own warped theology, he says, I know I'm going to heaven. That's just it, isn't it? We've tainted the gospel to the point where if we just fantasize about Christ, if we just say, oh, I think he existed. Oh, I believe that he is God. You go to heaven. It's kind of like saying, oh, I believe I'm going to get married, <laughs> but never asking anybody out. It's kind of like saying, oh, I believe I will get paid this week, but never showing up to work. <laughs> it's kind of like saying, I believe my car will make it back to, to Grace, Graceville but never getting in and to drive it. You see, biblical faith and our, our faith is two different worlds. And John is right into a church. The apostle John is the author of 1 John, and he is right into the churches. Some believe that he's right into the church of Ephesus. Some believe he's right into the church of uh, Smyrna. Some believe he's right into the church of Philadelphia. But it doesn't matter. He's right into the church, God's people. And he starts off saying, you know what? I've had fellowship with God. I've seen him. I've touched him. I've heard him. I've walked with him. I know that he's the king. He's dealing with some issues in the church. Some of the things that he's dealing with is, is Gnosticism. Gnosticism was big around the first century. He said, what's Gnosticism? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Gnosticism is thinking that everything's spiritual, that, that Jesus Christ came in the spiritual form, but, but he really wasn't God, but the spirit of the Messiah was upon him, and that he lived this world, and, and his spirit couldn't sin. And they believe that, that everything was so spiritual that, that your actual body could, could not sin, but, but your spirit couldn't sin either. So you were pretty much perfect. And you say, well, what's Gnosticism today? Jehovah Witnesses is Gnostic today. They believe that Jesus is the Spirit's, the Spirit's Messiah. 
that he wasn't actually physically God incarnate, but he, the spirit of the Messiah was upon him. You ever heard of um, Da Vinci Code? Gnosticism. <laughs> Gnosticism stemmed out from that. Uh, it's unbelievable. He was dealing with some things. He was dealing with false teachers and false prophets. Something we don't deal with today. Preachers that preach things on their own initiative. Preachers that preach things that, that's not of Scripture, but it's from their own mindset and from their own theological bookshelf. Yeah, we don't have that today. We don't have false prophets that says, oh, if you just believe it, God will achieve it. We don't have that today. It says, oh, if, you, if, if you're living right, God's going to bless you and you ain't going to deal with anything. You ain't going to go through nothing. We don't have false preachers and false teachers today, do we? John was dealing with some false things, some false preachers and teachers. But above all, he was dealing with some people that were in the brotherhood, that were in the church, that were leaving the church, that was not coming and was not showing, was not knowing God. And they were saying in their minds, were they saved? Are they saved? Could they be saved? Uh, but they were with us and they seen them. Man, they loved God. They spoke to the Lord. They read His Word. They sang the songs. But now they're living like this? How can that be? I like to call First John the Baptist book. Because the Baptists believe in internal security. Once saved, always saved. We don't believe that you can taste God and then walk away from Him. Sure, you might have a season in your life where you walk away, but in all together, you are faithful to the one who has saved you. You are faithful to the one who has healed you. You are faithful to the one who saved you. And I want to tell you today, I want you to know. I want you to know, leaving here, that you're saved and that you know him. I want you to know that you are secure. I want you to know that you are seated in Christ. I want you to know that neither height nor death, neither things in the future, neither things in the present can separate you from that love. I want you to know that you are in his hand. And if you are in his hand, he is in God's hand. And nothing is separating you or snatching you from that hand. I want you to know there's no walking in, no walking out. <laughs> I want you to know that there's no, no, I believe, I don't believe. I want you to know when you do know him and he does know you, there is no separation. I want you to know. John deals with some things. The church, the, the people are, are saying, man, I'm perfect, I'm perfect, I'm perfect. He says, you ain't perfect. If you say you're perfect, you're lying. In the first chapter, he says, if you confess a sin, if you've committed sin, it's all right. Jesus died for our sins. And if you confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. Then he continues on. He says, but my prayer for you, Christian, my prayer for you, believers, that you don't continue on sinning, that you don't sin like you should, and you don't live like that. You live like this. And in verse 4, he says, this is what I want you, or verse 3, I want you to look. But this I want you to know. Somebody say no. That word no in the Greek means this. It means to be certain. It means almost like concrete. <laughs> you know, it's like something you know. It's unchangeable. It's unwavering. It's unshakable. You know. It's unchangeable. It's unshakable. It's certain. You know. I know I'm good looking. Ain't nobody got to tell me. Hmm. <laughs> I know I'm strong. Ain't nobody got to come up and say nothing to me. I know I got big ears. Hey, <laughs> I know it's certain. It's concrete. It's unchangeable. It's unwavering. It's unshakable. I know. And what John is saying to these people that, that are going through so much and, and has people coming and going, has false teachers preaching and teaching, has people saying, what about the spiritualism? He's saying, I want you to know. 
And precious, I want everybody that hears my voice this morning to know, to know, to know that it's unwavering, unshaken, unmovable, it's concreted, it's certain, precious, it's sealed. And one day it will be delivered. I want you to know. Oh, I'm glad. Know what, Sean? I want you to know him. I want you to know that you know him. He says in verse 3, by this we know that we have come to know him. That word know is a little bit weird. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Also could be translated as sexual intimacy. See, Adam knew Eve. Mary did not know a man. See, it's a sexual intimate that a couple has, that a married couple has. That you're sharing everything spiritually, physically, and emotionally. That you become so intertwined that you know each other. It's not just talking about sex, because in the Bible it says that he begotten her, and he begotten her, or he laid with her, and he laid with her. But see, when they have this intimate relation that's emotional and physical and spiritual, when it's intertwined, the two shall become one, and there is no. They know each other. And Jesus uses the same terminology in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, 21. He says this, Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father is the, in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Verse 23, and then I will declare to them, <laughs> depart from me. I never knew you, ye who practice lawlessness. Jesus saying, I've never been intimate with you. I've never been intertwined with you. We've never had this intimate knowledge of each other. There's never been an intertwinement. It's deep. It's deep. Salvation is more than just you believing. Salvation is more than just you praying a prayer. Jesus says in John, this is salvation that you may know the Son of God. That you may know him. That you may know him. That you may know him. That you may know his love. That you may know his peace. That you may know his power and his might. That you may know his faithfulness and his declaration that you're the head and not the tail. That you may know his healing and his provision. That you may know that he is a strong tower. A mighty refuge, a strong fortress, never failing. That you may know, that you know. But John says this. Look back at 1 John, verse 3. He says, by this, I want to just teach you some hermeneutics. We're going to go through this. By this, what's this? This is a clause, a sentence with a clause in it. By this we'll know you're certain, you're unchangeable, it's unshaken. You know that you know him by what? By this. What's this? This is this, that we keep his commandments. He says you'll be for certain. You will know for certain. You will be unshaken, unchangeable that you know him when you keep his commandments. Not that if you keep his commandments, you'll know him, but that from knowing him, you will obey his commandments. 
And it doesn't say the commandments, it says his commandments. What is Jesus' commandments? Turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 30. We'll start in verse 28. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 30. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the foremost of all or the greatest of all? Verse 29, the foremost is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is a one Lord. Verse 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Somebody say heart. With all your soul. Somebody say soul. With all your mind, somebody say mind. And with all your strength, somebody say, Sean Strong. No, I'm kidding. With all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. He says, man, this is it. That you love him. That you love the Lord. It blows my mind. I'll, I'll break this down. I'll mess you up with it too. He says that you'll love the Lord with all your heart. Heart to motions. That you'll love him with all your emotions. And he said, well, you know, we come in here with our fake smiles on and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I love the Lord. But then when we go home, we're all upset because we're going through so much. And we forgot to pay this. And we forgot to get this. And we forgot to do that. And we're so overwhelmed by like a tsunami of problems. And yeah, we're down and out, and we're like, well, you know, and then Sunday comes, and we're like, yep, I love the Lord, I love the Lord. He says, with all your emotions, being sad's an emotion, amen? He's giving it to you. <laughs> being angry's an emotion, amen? He says, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Being angry's an emotion, amen? Amen? Morelli, come on now. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> How's a joke? Please forgive me. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. I messed myself up, boy. <laughs> but we have emotions. Being happy and being rejoiceful. I'm going to tell you, that's loving God. David loved God. He danced before the Lord. He was happy that they were ushering in the, 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 the tabernacle into the city of Jerusalem. And David danced before the Lord. He started unclothing himself. He got bug naked. And his wife looked down there and says, oh, David, stop that. You're embarrassing everybody. And he says, woman, I'll get more undignified than this because I'm loving the Lord with my emotions. I want to tell you, we got to dance before the Lord. We sat in here and we sang these hymns. We, 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 we sang these hymns and we sang these songs and we... You got to get undignified before God. Oh, Lord, I bless you for salvation. Lord, I bless you for victory. Lord, I bless you for giving me, making me happy and making me glad. Lord, I praise you for, Lord, allowing these things to go through my life that I may experience, Lord, the sadness and the joy. Lord, I thank you for these emotions. He says, with all your emotions, with all your mind. Mine is this. I'll blow your mind with this. Mine, we have our minds for this. Being able to recall memory. Being able to think about the future. So you call, recall memory. You recall the, the things that you've gone through. But also you have a dream of what you want to go through. And you magnify God with that. There's such, it's such a day when we sit back and we think about where the Lord has brought us from. 
It ought to blow your mind when you think about the goodness, how he provided, how he healed, how he delivered, how he made a way, precious, where it seemed like there was no way, how he saved you from the sin and the shame and the, the swirl. And he has set you up to preach before nations, to teach before children, to live as a responsible parent and a responsible adult, a godly person. When you think about the Lord and what he's done, oh, hallelujah. But when you think about the Lord and what he's going to do, whoo, you got to love him with all your mind, with all your soul, the very spirit that he's given you, the breath that he's breathed in you, with all your strength. Jesus is not breaking these down like I just broke them down. Jesus is saying with your whole body, with every being, with everything that you are, you love him. With everything that you are, you love him. That's the commandment. With everything you have, you love him. With everything you possess, you love him. Love him. I thought about love. I thought about it. I thought about it and meditated on that word love. In our English sense, love is this. You can't quit thinking about them. You can't wait to see them. You can't wait to talk to them. You can't wait to talk about them. You can't wait to, 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 to go see them and you can't wait to be with them. You can't wait to hold them or to touch them or to hear them. You can't wait, precious. You'll go anywhere to see them. The other night I was driving home and I, this girl was, this girl in this cup, I wrote it down in your bulletin, this girl and this, that guy had broke down and I went and I held him and stuff and he, she said this, she goes, I drove all the way from Jacksonville to see him this weekend. When you're in love, you'll go anywhere and do anything, say anything and be anything to show that person you love them. You'll give anything. You give of your time. You give of your talents. I'll be writing some songs and playing on the piano. You ever heard me play the piano? That's for my wife. You know. Your talents. Your trash. You buy flowers. You, you buy cards. You buy big screen televisions. Do you watch a football game? I always play that for. You give of everything. When you love, you just can't help it. You just want to please the person. They're on your mind. They're in your thoughts. They're on your heart. He says, you want to love me with everything. And then he switches around and says, you got to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Some of y'all saying, well, if you live next to, I live to. <laughs> you ain't going to always playing music. And they're like, yeah, ain't no way I can love them and think about them all day long. <laughs> well, <laughs> or you, if, you, if you work next to, I work to. Ain't no way in the world, man. They always come. You love them. You love them as you love yourself. He said, man, this is the greatest commandment. John says, you'll know for certain. You'll know for certain that you know him when you're loving him and you're loving them. You'll know for certain when you know him that when you're loving him and you're loving them. He says, you'll know for certain. It's an actual reaction. But he continues on and says, you'll know that you don't know him. Turn back to verse 1 John, verse 4. He calls him out now. He calls him out. We should call him out too. Amen. Verse four. The one who says, I have come to know him. Like I know. I know. We have that intimacy. We have this knowledge of the king of glory. John says, I have come. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth 
is not in them. He says, you can tell by the way they live. You can tell by the way they act. You can tell by the what they do, who they show attention to and affection for. You can tell the liars. The ones that was in the church that John wrote to and they left the church. He says, you can tell if they knew God. Or if they was lying. Or if they were lying to you and they were lying to me and they were lying to him. They were lying to themselves. They're liars. As you can tell. Because they don't love them. They don't love the Lord. They don't care about worship. They don't care about prayer. They don't care about Bible study. They don't care about fellowship. They don't care about the things of Christ. People getting saved and the world being changed. They don't care about lives being saved and needs being met. They don't care about the gospel message making the end of the world. They don't care about the people across the street. They don't care about the people in their houses. They don't care about the people at their workplace. They don't care, precious. He says they're lying. They say they know God, but yet live like that. They're lying. They say they know him, but yet don't love him. Of them. Lying. 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 He says, I want you to know that you know him. There's some people that lies. They don't know him. But I want you to know him. Verse 5 and 6, he says this. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. He says, if you're keeping his word, if you struggle, but yet you're following, if you're struggling, but yet you keep on, the love of God is perfected in you. The love that died upon the cross, the love that created the world, the love that made the skies, the trees, the love that made you and the love that made me. You made perfect in you. When you press on. When you continually try to follow his word and follow his teaching. John says, you'll know that you're in him. You'll know that you're in him. You'll know that you know him, precious. It blows my mind, verse 6. He says, for those who know. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. He says, if you know him, and he's in you and you're in him, you should walk. As he walked. You should live. As Jesus lived. You should love. As Jesus loved. You should pray. As Jesus prayed. You should desire the Father's will be done. As Jesus desired the Father's will to be done. You should lay your life down for others. As he has laid his life down for the world. 
He says, I want you to know that you know Him. I want you to know that you know Him. I don't want you to be schizophrenic. I don't want you to be doubtful or ashamed. But I want you to be certain that you know Him. He says there's some that lie. There's some that knows. And if you know, you should live as he lived. You should serve as he served. You should forgive as he forgives. You should go as he went. You should love as he loved. says this, they were gathered around the table, twelve apostles and our Lord, for what would be his last meal upon this earth, fellowshipping with his brothers. One said at the table that would betray him, that would hand him over to be persecuted, scourged, and killed, and crucified. John 13 says this, That he loved his who was in the world. He loved him to the end. As they sat at the table, eating and fellowshipping. Jesus had known, the Bible says, that Judas was to betray him. But yet he took off his outer garment and he girded himself with a towel and basin. And he went around the table of these apostles and these disciples, washing each of their feet. The man that handed them over to be crucified, the man that handed them over to be killed and be beaten and to be betrayed as a criminal before all knelt down and he washed his feet. He loved him until the end. If you know him and you're in him, you're going to love the unlovable. You're going to serve those who persecute you and those who abandon you. You're going to walk as Jesus was. Every head bowed and every eyes closed. Do you know this morning? Do you know that you know Him? Do you know it by the life that you lead? The love that you show? Do you know? Are you lying? When it's all said and done and you stand before Him and you say, Lord, I've done this and I've done that. He'll simply say, depart from me. I've never known you. Do you know this morning that you're in Him and that you're walking as Jesus walked? The question is, do you know
Lord, I praise you for your goodness and your grace. God, right now, I just pray that your spirit would just move in this place. God, help us to be obedient, Lord. Help us to know this morning. God, help us to know that you've made a way, Lord, for us to come to know you. Lord, you made a way that we may serve you, God, and may live as you live and love as you love and be as you are. God, help us to respond, Lord. If there's somebody in this place that has never accepted you as Lord and Savior, never committed their life to you, God, Lord, I pray that now would be the time, today would be the day in front of everybody and say, I want to know Christ. I want to know God. I want to know that I know Him. Spirit, move in this place. God, bring obedience. Amen. We just pray that God use that to encourage you and stir your heart for a deeper desire to know Him and to walk with Him. Hallelujah. God bless you real good, and we'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.